nothing to watch on TV. That's why you're listening to Barrett's Talk on DVRadio.net, WDVR. This ain't reality TV! It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal! It was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. Well, isn't that special? Bloody... Don't you think you should rephrase that? Mom, mama said, my mama said, mama said that. My mom. Good day, sir! Now class is dismissed, gentlemen. Please remember the views and opinions expressed by this show or any other show on DV Radio and its guests are strictly those of said individuals and do not reflect those of the DV Radio staff nor the staff of dysfunctional veterans. I am the first dick in your ear, Bonerwood, so it's going to be a hard one tonight. Oh, God damn it, buddy. That's just not even fair. This is Bags Talk. This is inside the nuthouse, man. We got Sergeant Wardog. Oh, I just broke out of the rubber room, dog. The bacon man himself, oink. You are truly putting a D in the B when it comes to DV radio. Mr. Recoil. I prefer to be referred to as belly and down. And don't know where the fuck Google is. I told you it's my computer. It's not me. That's exactly how I feel. We probably had a few too many to drink, you know what I'm saying? 20 bucks, 20 bucks. Can I get a thimble full of sweet baby rays for you? We don't have it. Saturday's going to be even more entertaining. Illogical. Oh, we still have the DD radio store for those wondering. Shit's still there. You can buy shit. Mine shit's good, okay? Oh, we haven't even gotten there yet. You fucking got me there already. Love and military barracks talking around the smoke. How's your back feeling after that penis reduction? Oh, wow. <laughs> You're tuned in to WDVR on DVRadio.net. Because this is how it is on DV Radio. That is how it is right here on WDVR, DVRadio.net. It's November 18th, 2023. We've got Thanksgiving coming up next week. Oh boy, what a beautiful time of the year. I'm Bonnerwood. Tonight, we got a bit of a full house, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody's there. Anyway, from Alaska, it's Mr. Oink. What's that happening, folks? I've seen better weeks. Seen yeah, shit. You ain't shitting, brother. You ain't shitting. You got the snow here, and uh, of course, what, what does my ass do? It decides to fucking fall in the fucking ice and pull a fucking growing muscle. So, yeah, that was my week. Oh, so you tried to pull a Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the first day was fucking Monday, Tuesday, whatever the fuck it was. We went back to work and uh, was getting out of the truck and my leg decided to go out from underneath me. I tried to do the split. So I stopped myself from doing that. But, uh, you know, because I caught the truck. But, yeah, I pulled the muscle in it, the left nut. Just the left nut. Uh, it's kind of hurting. So, <laughs> so then I guess Thursday I decided to say, fuck it. Let's go all the way down to the ground and fall. And, yeah, so I re-aggravated that motherfucker. So I'm taking it easy this weekend. Fuck that. I'm not doing shit. Oink, your gymnastic days are long fucking over. You <laughs> Somebody you need to kidding. take the ice skates from that man. <laughs> well, that was the first thing the boss said. Do you have your ice cleats on? No, I don't fucking wear those stupid fucking things. <laughs> stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> back down in, in the lower 48, we got Mr. Recoil. Good evening. So full house. Well, we got three queens and a pair of jack offs. Uh, oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> wow. You figure out who's who. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Last week, we had an ace in the house, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we got the psych ward gang CEO and supervisor himself. It's none other than the Marine Crown Eater, Sergeant Wardog. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? You sound happy as a chipmunk. Good. 
good. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what to say to that, but good. Thank you. Thanks, uh. Uh, before we get into tonight's show, until, uh, yes, November 19th of this year, you can go to the DV radio store at dvradio.net and get 20% off of everything. From DV Radio Merch, DV Against DV, Betsy Ross, Sergeant War Dog, DV Farm, PTS Dog. It's all there. Grab 20% off at the DV Radio store on dvradio.net. Just click the redeem button before you check out or you're not going to get your promotional offer. Just in case you didn't catch that, that's tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's tomorrow. Yep. Sunday. <laughs> well, you know. Some people. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Miss those, those fucking advertisements. <laughs> Back in the day, boy. Anyway, uh, yeah. So it's, it's been a week. We've all had a week. We want to say fuck this week. So what we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to talk to tonight's guest <laughs> who does not want me to call him by his, uh, call sign. Which he made himself, and I was like, "Look, man, <laughs> you made your bed." Uh, but I will say this: he is a navy man. <laughs> He's a seaman. <laughs> it's Mister John. How you doing, sir? Pretty good. Well, how are you doing? I, I, I've had better weeks. <laughs> yeah, so sorry to hear that. Thanks nice. for having me on. It's great to be talking to you guys. And and we're so happy to have you on. Honestly, it's not often we have listeners and honestly long time fans of dysfunctional veterans on i mean it's been a while since we've had a quote unquote long time fan um i think the last one really was probably oink and frosty that had been you know that had been all uh had been following us for a long long time so it's an honor it's a pleasure uh, we do hope you have some fun tonight. I uh, don't yeah. know why the fuck you want to join us because you see how <laughs> dumb we are when we do the shows. Uh, but yeah, or you, you hear, you hear, you, you seen tonight because you were able to see <laughs> us in the pre-show. Um, but, uh, yeah, we do hope you have some fun. Uh, what did make you want to reach out to us? Um, I think when I was, I was listening to you and, uh, uh, you had said something like there's somebody out in Arizona who's listening. I guess I'm the only one in the state who was listening. And uh, <laughs> I, I just kind of ignored it. And the second week you mentioned it again, there's somebody out in Arizona. Then that, that, that third week you said, there's something to sell in Arizona. Next a park place mall, which is the shopping mall about two miles from my house. <laughs> I thought, well, damn, he's talking about me. So, I, so that's when I notified you. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm in Tucson, Arizona. And, uh, it was JJ said, uh, CV 66, the USS America. Cause he was on the John F. Kennedy CV 67. I'm like, yeah, that's me. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I remember you. I guess you're a wanting uh, voice actor. So I, for some reason, I, I thought you needed help with scripts. So I, I kind of volunteer my services. And I, so I think that's when you and I started communicating back and forth. But, uh, yeah, you were but, probably like, stop giving away my goddamn location, motherfucker. And then you're like, <laughs> I'll fix it um, Yeah, yeah. It was uh, for DV against DV. We had uh, started talking about, again, 
uh, getting voice actors for the uh, scripts and all, and it, it's all good. Uh, miscommunication is the epitome of dysfunctional veterans. I mean, <laughs> obviously, um, but no, I'm, I'm actually glad you reached out to us because you also are an author. Uh, you are like many of us don't remember a goddamn thing you've written, so you don't want to talk about the past books. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I can't remember, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, I feel you. Uh, but you did mention, uh, a natural born killer is one of your latest. Um, yeah, that's my latest. Uh, um, it's, it's a true story. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw that movie, uh, in cold blood that came out in the sixties with, uh, Robert Blake. Um, it, so the story has been told before, but for some reason, I, it just, uh, it's a very stirring drama and I just wanted to, uh, rewrite it in my own words, maybe put it out there to a newer audience, uh, who might be in it. So it's, uh, uh, a, it was during a home invasion in 1959, uh, two ex cons felt or thought that there was $10,000 in a safe located in this farmer's house. And well, there was no safe and, uh, they ended up just killing the whole family to, uh, cause they don't want any witnesses. The, uh, uh, these, these Kansas lawmen, uh, uh, did a great job tracking them down and bringing them to justice. And, uh, I think they were the last, the last people to be executed by hanging in the U.S. or legally hung, I should say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was April 1965. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that, but yeah, I remember that movie. It, uh, had, uh, Scott Wilson in it, if I remember. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a really good movie if nobody's ever seen if if you're listening and you haven't seen it, I should say you should go check it out. I think they've done it a couple of times, but the one with Robert Blake is really, really good. Yeah. Actor. Um, so how long have you been an author? Because you've got quite a few books on your Amazon page. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, about, about 20 years. Okay. Uh, the, the publisher I have now really, it's dusty saddle publishing and they, they, that, that publisher really pushes you to crank out a lot of work. Now I used to just take my time and, uh, he says, nah, you, you got to keep doing something, keep doing it. So he's always checking up in on me, making sure I'm making progress. I sort of surprised myself is how much, uh, how much I can put out when somebody puts a fire under my ass, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the government didn't do that enough for you? Yes, sir. <laughs> well, yeah, she, I should remember that, you know? <laughs> uh, one other one I wanted to bring up because you actually, uh, had, uh, basically touched on it in your email was Buffalo Bill and the Trail to Wounded Knee, a Western adventure. Um, okay. That's book three of a trilogy. Um, that was, I took the perspective of a, like a hundred year old man. This is probably taking place in the early 1950s and he has a historian interviewing him and he just, recalls what his life was like on the old west and uh in that particular one he's um little jake he's with well or yeah wild bill's wild west show and um he eventually he witnesses the uh the uh wounded knee massacre which i think was is considered the last indian battle of the old west 1891 um and he just sort of goes into, just hangs up his guns and goes into retirement. <laughs> it seems like most of your writing has a lot to do with actual history. Is that a good perception or? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they're they're all westerns. They're they're fiction, but I, I do a lot of research because I want to keep them accurate. Right. I totally get that. Um, you, you were telling what the perspective of the uh, Little Jake of the Great Plains is, and it sort of gives me Young Guns two vibes when Billy is found by the uh, what is it, the reporter on the edge of the road, and he starts telling them his story. And then you get to watch the movie, obviously, while he's telling the story. But anyway, I love I actually love that that type of feel that it's the old person who's lived their life and they're telling the young person. And it's all these things, the myths and the legends are actually true, but it's not what you believed to be true. Right. I I love that perspective. Um, So we were talking in the pre-show and lo and behold, not only are you a writer, not only were you in the Navy, but Brinks, really? Yeah. <laughs> what, what did you want to go work for Brinks? <laughs> were you trying, were you trying to pull heat? Is that what you were trying to do? Uh, well, that, that just happened by accident. <laughs> I've been with him, tw- I've been with Brinks 26 years now. Wow. Um, I started in, uh, Oakland, California. I was 10 years there. And then I've been, uh, I transferred to the Tucson office here about 16 years ago. Okay. So had you just wanted to get into it because it was a security job because adrenaline rush? What had you done security in the Navy? What made you want to choose Brinks? In the Navy, I was, my rate was, uh, aviation ordinanceman. Okay. Uh, And I was aboard the USS America CV 66. And, uh, (laughs) When I got out, I wanted to go into law enforcement. And I mean, nowadays there's a shortage of cops, but back then in the, in the nineties, uh, it was hard to get hired and, uh, nobody would take me. So I went into security. I, I was doing, uh, unarmed security and, but it wasn't paying anything. So if you wanted to make some real money, you needed to do the armed security. So I, uh, I applied at Brinks and. While I was still um, doing the unarmed security, I was at the uh, Alameda Naval Air Station. They had just closed it down. And I had probably spent two weeks just working with the mastered arms there. And then they left and they turned it over to the, the city. Um, that's where I first met uh, Dina Daniels. Um, she She worked the swing shift. I worked graveyard and I was... That was her relief. And <laughs> sort of a side note, while I was there, um, one of my pet peeves are, are phony veterans, right? So mm-hmm. I, I meet this guy who's working, an older guy, you know, and he's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go to the VA tomorrow because I got this steel plate in my head moving around. You know, I was a Green Beret in Vietnam. I said, oh, really? And, uh, I don't know, maybe a week later, he's telling me he was a, uh, uh, a Marine Corps drill instructor. <sighs> Which was he, you know? So I know enough about the Marines to either go to boot camp, Paris Island, or San Diego. So I asked him, okay, so where were you at training these recruits? And he said, well, it was a secret base in China. <laughs> I said, a secret base in China. The Chi-Coms didn't even know you were there, huh? You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a short time after that. Dina is, uh, She's patrolling around at night and she sees somebody in front of this building, um, turns on her spotlight and it's this dude, Mr. Green Beret, secret squirrel, who, uh, 
he's he's got his drawers down and he's taking a dump on the on the front lawn there in front of his building. And uh, that spotlight hits him, and you know he's got to break it off early. <laughs> we're, we're, we're carrying <laughs> meatloaf. <laughs> Anyways, that's just one of my my memories of her. So, uh, so one day, you know, one I, I I'm in there to relieve her. She asked, "So we're um." What's what's going on with you? I said, well, I got hired by Brinks, and uh, she said, well, I'd like, I'd like the info on that, and give it to me. And you know, I, I made the mistake of giving it to her. So we we started on the same day, and uh, same group of people. Uh, she she went to just driving a route that just went to banks and stores, and I was with a route that just did ATMs, and there was the three of us, and so the the actual guy who carries the money. It's called the messenger, and then there's a a guard who just keeps people away from the messenger. You know, these people get impatient because they don't want to wait for you to finish putting the money in the ATM. So the guard keeps them at a distance, and then you have a driver. So I start off driving this route, and eventually uh, I became the messenger. And uh, and D- then Dina decides she wants to learn ATMs, and so they put her as my my guard. And uh, she was telling me some horrific stories about growing up in the hood there in Oakland. Man. And uh, I was like, wow, I realized how sheltered I was. And uh, um, so uh, it was November 21st, 2002. Uh, we're going to this bank in uh, Wells Fargo Bank in uh, Berkeley. Um, and I was just there to take the deposits out of the ATM and then check with the uh, the bank, see if they had anything going out. So, right, my bag is empty. And we go in there. And so the, the guy who was driving us that day, he was, he, he barely spoke English. Uh, and he was, it was, his, it was his first day to drive unsupervised. And he was nervous and I felt bad because we were yelling at him all day. Cause he, you know, I'd say left, you go right. One of those type of days. <laughs> so he, he parks out front. Uh, Dina and I go inside to the, the lobby and, uh, I, I start turning off the alarm before I open the, the ATM. And, uh, she says, uh, something like, like watch out. And, uh, and just by the tone of her voice, I got my gun out and, now, back then, we just carried 38s. <laughs> and I look, and I see two guys running into the front door in ski masks. And uh, uh, the guy in front has got an AK-47. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're it, it, just like they say. It's like it, it's, it's slow motion. It's like it, him and I are pointing our guns at each other. And... Yeah, I couldn't understand how come I couldn't get in, in my sights and he's trying to get me in his sights and it's like a Mexican standoff. And I thought I need to start shooting and I'll just adjust my fire. And, uh, I got off two shots and, uh, and I'll be honest with you. I was so scared. I don't remember shooting. I was, uh, I, I remember making the decision to shoot, but I don't remember firing those rounds at this guy, but, and I mean, I missed him by a fraction. I took out that window that was next to the door. And, the, and to my left was another window, that, which looked out to the parking lot. So that's where they had the getaway vehicle. And so the driver of the getaway vehicle 
uh, fires an AR-15 at me. And it goes to the window, and it ricochets off the wall, and it comes back and hits me in the right side. And, uh, you know, those 223 rounds, right? They fragment, right? And that thing lifted me off my feet like I was in football practice, you know, and, <laughs> and bam, I'm flat on my back. And uh, my body goes into shock, uh, so I can't, I can no longer hold my gun. It falls out. And uh, um, so Dina was unable to get her gun out of her holster, and she... She turns around, faces the wall, and just gives up and surrenders. And the guy with the AK uh, shot her three times in the back and, and four rounds into the ATM and the wall. Um, now he starts walking back over to me, and I'm thinking, you know, so this is how it ends, you know, I'm murdered. <laughs> so he, but I guess the good thing about me being in shock is he, I, he thought I was dead. I must have been because he didn't. He didn't do anything else to me, but he's, he's got his gun on the, the people in the bank and the customers. And the, uh, the other guy who was behind him, he was, it, it looked like he was carrying some type of nine millimeter, but he, he grabs my bag, which is empty and takes it and, and they all take off. And, uh, and the, the driver of, you know, my driver of the, of the armored car, he, he takes off what she's supposed, supposed to do. Because there's this theory that if, if the money is no longer on the scene, there's no reason for the bad guys to be around. But that guy didn't, you know, his ass from a hole in the ground, man. I thought he was going to get lost, but somehow he made it back to the branch. And, uh, so, uh, I'm laying there and I'm listening to, I, I, I want to crawl over and help Dina, but I can't, I can't move. I'm just listening to her. To her breathe. It was a real raspy breathing. So, you know, I, I knew she was shot through the lungs and, uh, and then her breathing just stopped. The paramedics came in, uh, looked, took a look at her and just went over to me. And you know, I'm still wide awake and they're cutting off my uniform and, you know, buck naked in there, right? All the customers looking at me. Cover me up, man. Anyways, the, they got me to the hospital and, uh, you know, I, it, it, to me, to me, it, it was a miracle. Um, people say you're lucky. You said, nah, no, nah, I was blessed. It was, you know, it, it was just, it was, it was God's hand just protected because I had no broken bones, uh, no internal organs were injured or anything. So I was, I was back to work in like two and a half months on the oh, same route. Wow. <laughs> I mean, obviously we are, we are sorry for your loss, but damn, that's, uh, I, I don't know what to say. I really don't. Cause I think most of us would be like, nah, I'm done. We're skipping out of this job. Fuck that job. <laughs> it. Fuck it. Ain't no more security for this. What, uh, <laughs> what, what made you want to go back? Well, that's like all I knew. That was my job. I mean, yeah, I write books, but there's no money in it. I mean, people think if you, you get, I always <laughs> thought if I got published, I'd be filthy rich. And it's not true. Man. I think my last world. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> I gotta go get a couple books here and there or yeah, a couple of dollars here and there, but there's really no money in it. So I had to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of guys who did get robbed. Yeah. That was it. They quit, but, uh, I don't know. I just, I just kept doing it. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. So are you still working the trucks today or do you do the office or? Yeah, I, I'm still in the trucks. So, uh, I, uh, I drive a, I won't say how much, but I drive a load of, of money from Tucson to Phoenix and then back to Tucson every night. So. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's motherfucker. <laughs> did, did at least give you something besides the little 38 special, the, the little bigger oh, yeah. something this time. I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, once we got rid of the 38s, we went to the MP 40s and I, I love that gun. And then I guess, I don't know. Maybe to save the money, they switched to the nine millimeters. Now we got like a an FN oh nine or five oh nine, something like that. I don't like it. But right. Don't have a choice. I hated to give up that forty millimeter, man. <laughs> or that forty caliber. <laughs> I mean, you know, everybody loses stuff on boats once in a while. So <laughs> that could have happened, you know. <laughs> Snug away. Uh- <laughs> I like uh, I, I like that story. I mean, obviously not not the uh, not the fatal part, but just you know, y- you you jumped back into it because, like you said, it's the only thing you knew. And I think that says a lot about veterans too, right? I mean, how many of us know somebody or have gotten hurt and was like, "Nah, I'm going back on tour," or "I want to get back out there," or blah 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 blah. Right? I mean. It's that mentality that, how do I say it without sounding like I'm egotistical maniac? <laughs> um, you, you feel like you have some sort of worth, right? Like, yeah, you have something to accomplish, not really accomplish, but you have some form of worth that you need to continue doing your job, whether it's, Obviously, arming trucks or 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 whatever it is. Um, hell, fucking war dog. He's got us. His fucking story. God damn. He was, like, he was like, fell into a hole. Fucking got got shot at. They, they fucking. Yeah. It's like, damn, dude. Is there anything you didn't get done to you? <laughs> um. So yeah, I, not only do I commend you on obviously going back to work, but. I, damn. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I still wanted to do the job, but I wanted out of Oakland. I wanted to go to a small, small area, mm-hmm. smaller branch. And it took a while to get that transfer to, to Tucson, but uh, eventually it happened. But while I was still at Oakland, uh, I want to say maybe mm, five years after my incident, um, uh, Another guy named uh, Anthony Quintero. He had gotten out of the Marines maybe a year before that, and he was doing a route, and he was in the same truck I got robbed in. And uh, uh, his his driver set him up, and they um, oh shit. He always got he was always went to he always went to the same place to get his coffee every morning, and uh, while he was in getting his coffee. The driver lets this dude inside the truck. And uh, when he comes back, you know, there's a dude, there's a dude in his truck, the shotgun. And uh, they, they went to some remote part of Oakland. Uh, and uh, uh, another guy joins them. And they they took him and made him kneel down in front of his chair. And they blew his head off that shotgun. I don't know. And I'm still out on my regular route. And uh, they... They empty that truck. And, uh, so the, 
the driver obviously being the inside man, the, and the, the cops didn't believe his story at all. They arrested him and they soon caught the other two. Now, the sad thing, well, it's, it's tragic all the way, but the, the guy who shot him was also a Marine, you know, yeah. uh, and so was Anthony and, uh, yeah, the, and I think the third guy who was at the scene, he had just got out of the core as well. And so, uh, it was really tragic. So, um, but they caught those guys pretty quick and, uh, they're both doing a lot or all of them are doing life sentences. And, uh, they, yeah, at least he had a, uh, nice military funeral, the Marine color guard. And, um, but, um, yeah. You mentioned that he went to the same place every morning to get his coffee. Is that something that Brinks tries to instill in you not to do is to have, not to have the same rotation? Uh, not officially, not officially. I mean, I, I try not to go to the same places, you know, if, you know, if I take a break or, well, well, with my job now, I just have to go straight to Phoenix and back to Tucson. But yeah, when I was doing a regular route, I would try to take my breaks different places. I also mixed up my stops, but they didn't like that because that was inefficient. And particularly when it came to Tucson, they were getting on my case about, Hey, you got to, they call it the run guide. That's the order of your stops. And, uh, and I told them, I said, look, you know how I got shot is because I was going to the same stop at the same time. And those guys knew my routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not knocking the company for that. I mean, they got a, it's a business to run. They're, but I mean, it, it, you, you've got that veteran mentality still too, though. Cause I mean, even no matter what you do in the military, you never do the same thing twice or at least not in the same rotation. Right. I mean, that was right, the first yeah. thing I was, when they put me in the talk, I was a fucking cook. I didn't know, like you said, my ass from a ground in a hole. I mean, I don't mind puzzles, but I'm doing S2 now. I'm a, I'm doing fucking secret bullshit. Like, uh, Looking at maps and satellites and shit, and they're having all these fucking convoys that are literally same places, same times, you know, and this was just in training. And I was like, you need to change this and do that. And sure enough, what I predicted happened, our guys got fucking hit. And it's like, Mm -hmm. fucking listen, which obviously it was a training exercise. So they got to go with the, you know, op four so they can win. But... (laughs) Yeah, you would think, I mean, I, I get that it's a business. I understand that. But to not only protect your assets, but you guys are assets as well. I mean, you protect the assets, right? So you would think that they would say, yeah, go ahead and change your routine if you feel necessary or whatever. I, I always, there there was a movie, I can't think of the name of it. You might have seen it, uh, John. Uh, it came out not too long ago. It's actually a, a comedic movie. It's about with uh, Zach Galifianakis and the girl. Oh, oh, um, uh, masterminds. Yes, they, okay. they robbed the Brinks truck that where they work for. And that was Loomis. that was actually Loomis, but yeah, I don't know. yeah, Loomis uh, in Charlotte. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's that's. <laughs> I think that's why I, I love that movie. Um, <laughs> and Zach is from North Carolina, but anyway. Um, in there, it's, it's the same deal, right? It's all the same thing every single day, same time, same routine, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no wonder you fuckers got hit, right? Like, yeah. I understand now. And I'm not downing you guys at all. It's, it's, it's really on the company at the end of the day, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but 
But like I say, they, they, you know, like you knew the risk. You took the job. You knew the risk. Yeah, I I hear that. You volunteered for the military. What are you wanting? (laughs) Bitch, you volunteered for your minimum wage McDonald's flipping burgers. I I fucking worked there for three years and didn't fucking bitch and made $6.25 an hour the whole time. Um, (laughs) I made $3.65 at McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) That was a long time ago. (laughs) Look, I'm not saying I'm old, but I ain't young either. (laughs) I was up seven fifty. I was a manager to train Wow. I'm in a fucking 90-year-old body. That's, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> right? Uh, I wonder, Rico, you got anything you want to ask John about anything he's talked about? Because, goddamn, this man's life. <laughs> no, nah, man, just hats off to you, man. Oh, yeah, that, that drive to keep on keeping on, you know, that's, I, I think that's, that's, that's a special breed, you know, and that's a, uh, a lot of, a lot of veterans and stuff like that's, that's how we feel. That's how we operate. That's what we do. It's, it's like, you know, if, uh, if, if we aren't, if we don't do the job, who the hell else is going to? Right. And, and you know, a lot of, I'm just saying, I we get a lot of young guys in here who, who've never been in the military and they, they can't handle that job. They can't handle the responsibility or the stress. They, they don't know when to, you know, just, just suck it up and do it, man. Just and, and they're 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 bitching and crying about conditions we we've been doing for like I've been doing for twenty six years. And it's like, come on, these you know, this younger generation. <laughs> that's something I want to ask you about. But before I do, I want to make clear to everybody that's listening: before this show, John's the one that wanted us to talk about the Brinks. <laughs> He's the one that brought all this up, and I was like, all right, we'll do it. And I did tell him that I didn't want to bring up anything if he didn't want to. And he was like, I'm more than happy to. So that's why we're discussing it. So don't think that Bo's a dick asshole. That was like, oh, he wants to to get ratings. I don't give a fuck. All right. If I did, I wouldn't be working with DV radio for nearly 10 years. I, cause I don't make a paycheck. All right. But, um, no, that's, that's another thing I wanted to ask you, John, is that obviously times have changed to a degree and, Obviously, we we see it in the news. We talk about it here on the show that today's generation doesn't want to do anything. They're not saying all of them, but uh, uh, quite a few of them don't want to work or don't want to take risk and, and things of that nature. Is there do you guys have a way to motivate these kids that are coming in working for Brinks or, or any security job for that matter that you know of? Or it's just to light a fire under their ass and make them be like, all right, it's worth it, or what have you? Oh, not really. I think a lot of them, when they start feeling the pressure, they just figure they, they don't have enough time invested. They can just move on to some other place. But every once in a while, you, you will get a hard worker. And mm-hmm. uh, 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 We had a, had a guy last year who, yeah, he was just out of the Navy. Uh, younger, younger than my son, <laughs> but he was, <laughs> he, he was a good worker, but he was so good. He, he, then he got, rec- he was going to school and then he got recruited by, I think Google, you know, and so he, <laughs> he went to work with them. So <laughs> we had a, right. you know, and every once in a while, yeah, you get a bad apple in there. Uh, uh, so we had this other guy who got hired and he, he was claiming he was in the army and he told the supervisor, uh, yeah, he was an army veteran, and uh, so. But this guy was—I uh, mean, he was a slacker, man. This guy was a piece of crappy. 
he wouldn't do anything. And when we tell him to do it, he, he'd do it wrong. Uh, so anyways, the, the boss calls in the office one day and he says, Hey, cause he wasn't in the military at the boss. He was like, uh, can you look at this guy's DD 214 and tell me what kind of discharge he got? Uh, cause I'm, I'm not seeing it. I, I, he needs, he has to have an honorable. And so I got looking at it and you know, he's like, he, he did like 30 days at Fort Benning. It gets, it gets out as an E1. I say, he didn't get no discharge. He got a separation. <laughs> it's just an E1. He didn't make it. He didn't make it through boot camp, man. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, but this guy was telling all those other dudes, yeah, when I was in the army, you know, and, uh, it, it sure enough, he, he ended up getting caught stealing. He was, oh, he's a little bunch of money. I think he's got charges pending in like three or four different counties, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what well speaking of that what is a if you can talk about it or what you can talk about it what is a vetting process like to get a job there i don't do the hiring so i, I really couldn't tell you but like i say it's it's a lot of hit and miss we get we get a lot of duds but we also get some good people yeah you know well, and when you're when you're talking about a company of that size there's there's an hr department that typically is in control of the hiring and then the people that get hired get dumped on people that had no choice who got hired mm-hmm. to train them and stuff. That's, that's, that's just how corporate most corporations work nowadays. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I, I wanted to touch a little bit on, you know, Bo said about bringing up the, you know, the story and talking about this and everything. And, and, <clears throat> you know, I, I just kind of want to point out and bring to people's attention that every time that story is told that honors your partner. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That keeps your partner's memory and and around and in an existence, and and I thank you for that, man. No, oh, thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's um just for you to share the story, even if you hadn't wanted to come on but wanted to share the story. It is uh not in honors an understatement, honestly. Um, I, I've seen so many stories come through emails, but when you get to actually interact like we are and actually have a conversation, sit down. And even though it is a show, um, and I hope you feel it. We're just here talking, having fun, being friends and family, you know, mm-hmm. so yep. it, it is more than an honor. It really is that you open up your life, uh, to us and to whomever listens. Well, yeah, I was, I'll admit, I was, I was pretty nervous coming on the show. I feel like I'm just talking to four guys right now. So. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you were nervous in that pre-show, man. <laughs> yep. that, that, that pre-show should have softened you up quick and in a goddamn hurry. Because <laughs> the shit that was said in pre-show, oh boy. <laughs> We, we might make that one a pre-show podcast for our <laughs> listeners over on the DV radio newsletter who are subscribers, paid subscribers. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, it, it'll be a few months out, uh, because I've got, Oh God, I think, uh, I think the last one was like an hour because I basically just put all of Marquis pre-show in there. And the first one, was it 20 minutes recoil, 25, something like that? Oh, I don't remember. And then, yeah, I've, I've got every. I know I'm a big help. Oh, yeah, you, you definitely are. <laughs> fucking thirty hours on that goddamn logo, and you're still not fucking satisfied. <laughs> that. No, <I'm> um, <laughs> uh, Oink, what do you want to ask or talk to John about? 
<clears throat> you know, the only thing I can think of, you know, John, is did you actually start writing these books as a a, a therapy, kind of like we do the show? You know, that, that this is our therapy. Did you just start writing books for that purpose, or was it something you just uh, you know love to do? Uh, I was writing before all that happened. Uh, it was just one of those things. It was like a, a talent I had, and uh, I felt I needed to d- develop it. And I, I was always afraid to to attempt to get published because I, I was heard it's impossible. You can't do it. And I thought, you know, screw it. I'm just going to try. And I did get a, a lot of rejection letters, but eventually one publisher said, okay, show me what you got. And I sent it and that was it. You know, I'm on my third publisher now, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's just something I have to do. Whether I went through that experience or not, it's just something, I, something I got to do. Mm-hmm. And he, like I say, even though I'm not really making money at it, it's just something <laughs> I like to do. You know, I got to do it. <laughs> Sounds like us with DV radio. We're not making money, but we got to do it. <laughs> you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think all of us sitting here has more money in DV radio than our own daily lives. Oh, <laughs> Oh shit. I appreciate you guys' dedication to it, you know, because, uh, it, it, it is therapeutic to listen to you guys every Saturday. And, um, well, it, it kind of goes without saying, obviously I got the P- PTSD from that event. Uh, and I was going through the, you know, the, having breakdowns and depression. Um, and then, you know, thanks to, Facebook, I reconnected with my, my Navy buddies and, uh, uh, somebody organized a, a cruise and all these guys who said, well, never go to sea again. <laughs> Shell out all this money to go on a cruise. And, uh, and once I was, it was just like, it was 25 years after, uh, Desert Storm, the first Gulf War. We hadn't seen each other since then. And, uh, it's just like we just continued where we left off. And, uh, I was, and we were at the bar one time and drinking and I was like, um, I, I, I feel different. And it was like, you know what? I'm laughing. I feel good. That's something I haven't experienced in years. I was actually laughing. And, uh, and so we agreed, uh, and it was therapeutic for them too. So we try to try to get together like once a year. And we usually end up, you know, like in Pennsylvania up in Lancaster area. Yeah. The, uh, the Amish country. That's where we usually, so we, <laughs> we are just up there. Yeah. <laughs> Recoil. Yep. <laughs> So we were just up there in August. And yeah, it was, and yeah, we, we, we need that. And, but obviously I can't be with them all the time. But so I enjoy tuning into your show every Saturday. It's just like being with my brothers again, man. Like, you know. it, that, that means a lot. It, it really does. I mean, that's, that's the point of the show. Barracks talk, right? I yep. Mean, that's our paycheck. That's all we need. And and you said exactly what it is about just getting together, having a few laughs and just reconnecting. I mean, even if we don't have guests and sometimes we go down these fucking landmine holes that JJ can't get out of. um, (laughs) It's, it's that camaraderie, right? Whether you agree or disagree with one another, you can at least come back to the beginning and laugh about it all and have a good time. And You know, I I think there was about a month or so when Recoil was transitioning from his old job to his new job. We didn't talk one moment during that time. And then he calls me up one day and it was like we hadn't skipped a fucking beat. You know, we just quit talking yesterday or whatever. Same with Oink and War Dog and uh, everybody else. So that that means a lot uh, coming from you, who is obviously uh, a listener. Uh, Thank you. 
thank you for that. Uh, right. it really means a lot. You're welcome. Um, war dog. I almost called you redog. I don't know why. <laughs> redog. <laughs> redog. Uh, what would you like to ask or talk to John about anything? Yeah. Buzz, I would really like to know how you deal with the, uh, paranoia after, you know, the, the fact that you continue to work and that you were attacked the way you were, how do you keep your paranoia in check? Uh, well, that's a tough question. <laughs> I, I am religious. I'm a Christian. Um, I'm not, I'm not a church freak. I, I go to, I go to Sunday morning services. That's important to me. Uh, but, uh, you know, I also like to have a couple of drinks you know, after work. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and I got, a, I got a great wife. I, uh, when I got out of the Navy, and I, I'm going over to the Philippines to get married. And my parents are like, what are you doing, man? You know, but so I, I go to the Philippines, I get married, but we've been together 31 years and, uh, I couldn't ask for a better wife. And she, she, you know, she takes good care of me. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's one aspect <laughs> on that paranoia front. I feel like it's good to have some sort of paranoia. I mean, when I first started driving many years ago, it, I, I, it was embedded into me by somebody. Uh, near to me, um, never not be scared, always be scared at least a little bit and you'll never fuck up, which that's not to say other people won't fuck up. Right. Right. But if you have a little bit of paranoia, I feel like that your, your senses is always on. Right. Um, and it helps to a degree. Just, I mean, hell you remember training in the military <laughs> mm-hmm. you're always paranoid as hell that your drill sergeant or op four or whomever was going to get your ass. And so whether they did or not, it, it helped you. It, it, it heightens your senses to a degree. So I think, like I said, to a degree, some paranoia, I'm not saying fucking tinfoil hat wearing motherfuckers, paranoia, <laughs> but uh, I think it, to a degree, it, it does help. I might be wrong. I don't know. Somebody speak on that, please. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but, um, some of it, uh, is needed. Uh, I just wanted, you know, really wanted to know Buzz's, uh, perspective on dealing with it with, with active threats on a daily basis versus knowing what he's been through. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, obviously he overcomes it. You know what I mean? He's got, uh, he's a hats off salute to him. He's got, you know, uh, balls the size of Navy ships. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a carrier. Yeah. But- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, e- even after that, when I was still servicing the ATMs, I, I get people threatening me because they want, they want to use that ATM right now. They're in a hurry. They got to get to work. And like, dude, you ain't getting air this. I got this open safe and you're not getting there. Yeah, they, they, they threatened me, but I knew it was all talk, you know. I was like, yeah, right, whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, I uh-huh. see how it works. <laughs> you don't scare me. <laughs> well, you're, you're on our show. Do you have any questions for either of us, the three of us, or four of us that are sitting three of us? Fucking, I'm looking at three of them. <laughs> the four of us right now. Uh, no, I don't really have any questions. Uh, but I do kind of like it when you guys talk about when you're in Iraq or whatever, 
Uh, Bo, I, I love your story of the of the deep fried rat. You know, I, I like stories like that. <laughs> <laughs> that story is so fucking. I wish I still had the picture of that rat that I took. I swear to you, I've never in my entire life seen something deep fat fried <laughs> like that. <laughs> and the smell. Oh, oh my! Can imagine God, because it's like. Five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, you know, we're getting all the fucking burners and everything heated up. And then like 30 minutes in, we're like, what is that smell? Like, <laughs> we're, we're just thinking it's the Iraqis out outside the cop burning shit because they've been doing it all month. And then we go to open the lid on that fucking fryer to drop the fucking Ooh. French toast sticks in there. And it's like, Ugh. oh, that's what that smell is. <laughs> it was so nasty. Like, oh, yep. See, <laughs> I had a story different story when I was there in Kadena. We used to have to stand fire guard when they filled up the liquid oxygen and liquid nitrogen carts for the flight line guys, right? Well, they had a rat that got caught in a trap, and of course, it's dead already. But the dude's like, watch this shit. So he dips it down in that liquid oxygen. You know, it's negative 200 some odd fucking degrees. And then he just slightly pulls it up and then tosses it in the air. And it's just like the fucking Terminator show where it hits the ground and it just shatters into pieces. You know, coolest fucking yeah. thing you ever seen, right? So <laughs> we go back to doing our fucking business of servicing these fucking carts up. And all of a sudden, same thing, man. We got these fucking smell. We're like, what the fuck? What the hell is that? Well, this fucking Kadena. It's Okinawa, Japan. That fucking, you know, tarmac or the little area that we're in is about 120 degrees on the surface. So that just melted that cubed rat and started fucking stinking. I mean, it, oh my god, dude. It was horrible. <laughs> oh, nasty. Yeah, that was that was one more morning. And it was, I think it was dead summer too for Iraq. Uh, yeah, that. <laughs> I, I still cannot to this day figure out how that little bitty ass m- mouse, because he was like a little motherfucker. He was like a field mouse. And how he got in that damn thing, I'll never figure out because there's nothing he could have climbed up other than the fryer itself. It's, I don't know. I can't. So this day I've tried because <laughs> we had the, uh, those damn Air Force pallets for floors. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like if I know, maybe somebody will figure it out for me one of these days. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. That's one damn fucking thing. I'll never forget about that place. <laughs> that and the one that uh uh grown ass man told me about the water when we were sitting here. I don't know if you remember that one or not, when he said uh-huh. that uh, somebody uh two people went for a swim and may or may not have left some um navy men behind. Oh, <laughs> let's put it that way. Let's put it that way. Oh, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. <laughs> may or may not have been some semen in that one. <laughs> well, it was a funny thing. Well, they were getting ready to close down uh, Camp Andy when I was over there at uh, IUD, and there was a ring around the pool, if that tells you anything. So, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ. There are some things I don't miss about Iraq, but I miss a lot about Iraq. That's for sure. The, you know, everybody tells me, it's like, man, I don't see how you want to go back or blah, blah. It was fun. 
it was fucking fun. It really was. Let's, let's put the bad shit aside, right? It was fun. We were getting a paycheck. We had clothes on our back, three meals a day, and we were with our family. Like, you can't ask for a better vacation. <laughs> I mean, and, and you got a suntan. Come on. Come on now. You just didn't have the ocean. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, yeah, I've always I've always felt that my best, exp- my favorite time in the Navy was during Desert Storm and the Gulf War because they didn't have time for for the BS inspections and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, they, mm-hmm. they didn't hammer you for the shaves and haircuts or if my uniform was dirty or anything like that. You know, we're just move, moving ordnance, moving bombs. And, uh, mm-hmm. But I swear, the day they caught, they declared that ceasefire, it all started right back there, you know. <laughs> so they started yeah, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Cheap on my ass or about everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I kind of <laughs> miss the war by now. Yeah, if I if I have PTS, it's from the garrison, not Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember when we got our fucking redeployment orders, and they were like, all right, this, that, and the other. It's like, God damn it. We're back in the States already, and we haven't even fucking left the sands yet. Like, <laughs> I fucking hated that part. Like, I think that, I think that's the worst part, right? Deploying or getting your TA 50 or anything like that is just, you're back in basic essentially, except yeah. you're getting paid a lot more. <laughs> 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 except for my ass, I would have paid more flipping fucking burgers, but. <laughs> Fucking hazard paying no taxes is a joke. I don't give a shit what people say. I needed that E6 ring to make it feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Well, John, what else would you like to say tonight? Because it is getting about that time to end up. What else would you like to say to our listeners? Do you have anything uh, book-wise coming up or anything uh, at all in your mind that you'd like to say tonight or those listening on podcasts? Uh, just, uh, like I say, I, I'm real grateful you guys a- asked me on and that you, uh, kind of reached out to me. Who's that guy in Tucson, Arizona? So uh, yeah, it, it means a lot, you know, and I, I really enjoy the show and, uh, uh, listening to you guys. And, uh, I just really like being a part of your audience. We appreciate that. And we'll definitely have you on again when, uh, whenever the fuck JJ decides to come on the show. I- <laughs> Yeah, I wanted. I'm the only sailor here right now. I was, I was hoping to meet him, but I'm- <laughs> it's funny. One week he ain't got shit going on, then the next I got 15 shows, and it's like, when did, <laughs> what did that happen? Like, um, but no, we we certainly do. Uh, like I said, appreciate not only you opening up uh, your life story to us, but coming on the show and being a listener. And uh, I know you chat with us in chat, and it's fun to see what you say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so thank you for that, for giving us something to laugh at while we oh, do yeah. the show and to think about while we're talking or dead air, you know, when we have shit all to say, because, you know, it's me and Oint trying to pull two hours and then we're like, now nah, we doing an hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> <An> hour. <laughs> um, so thank you for that. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and, and I mean that we, we would love to have you back on, especially when JJ's on, cause I'd love to hear you two. Just talk out because you know he can talk for hours. Like mm-hmm. just you just say something and for the next six hours he can talk about it without taking <laughs> how the fuck he does it, I don't know. But um Wardog, would you like to ask uh John anything else? 
No, I'm just uh, like to commend him. Um, your mindset, your approach to things is commendable to me. Uh, uh, the fact that you carry on um, after all you've been through. Well, it's, thank it's, you. it's all it's all commendable. And I, I just want to salute you and tell you, uh, you know, congratulations on your success as an author and uh, on your uh, continued success in the uh, armored car industry. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Sergeant Wardog uh, means a lot. Yeah. Oh. Cool. What about you, sir? Talking to me? No, I'm talking to that other guy out there. The <laughs> <laughs> other Amish fucker. Sorry, man. Uh, no, I, I, I got nothing else, but I do have a bunch of reading to do. Uh, so yeah, head over to, to Amazon and, and look up John Buzzard. There's a ton of books here to read. Um, so I know what I'll be. I know what I'll be doing before bed each night this week. Yeah, we're <laughs> definitely going to have that link in the description. I think Oink put it in the chat room for everybody to see, but definitely in the link of uh, the description of the podcast. A recoil next time I'm up in PA, we'll we'll have to hook up or something. Yeah, it'd be awesome, man. It'd be <laughs> awesome. I'm always down. You could go drink with a bunch of sailors. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, oh, man, there. we got to drag the army guy out. <laughs> Before he gets us all in a fight. We'll, 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 get, we'll get the yingling and, you know, we'll get the. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Oink, anything for Mr. John Buzzard? No, man, you've already, when we've already said it, yeah, having, you know, folks like you that listen to us on a regular basis and, and actually enjoy the show for whatever fucking reason. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just having that, that knowledge of you guys out there that actually appreciate what we do, which is not much, but you know, <laughs> that's our paycheck in, in all honesty. So, th- you know, thanks for being a longtime listener supporter and uh, somehow enjoying what we do. I mean, I don't know how, but I <laughs> appreciate it, brother. I really hey, do. No, no problem. Huh? Yeah, do stay on with this, John. But uh, I guess I'll go around the table one last time. Recoil, last thoughts for our live listeners and on podcast. As always, be safe and keep looking out for each other, fuckers. Sergeant Wardog. Yes, um, uh, I do occasionally joke about the psych board gang, but in all honesty and in all seriousness, um, if you happen to run into any mental health crisis. Do not be ashamed nor afraid to dial 988 and choose option one. Uh, again, just as I have had to and I needed to in my own uh, crisis, if you yourself run into a mental health crisis, do not be ashamed nor afraid to dial 988 and choose option one. Have a great week. Salute. Oink. Last thoughts for our listeners live or on podcast, sir. Hey, just to piggyback off of what War Doug says, because I'm a pig and I can do that, right? Uh, hey, folks, if you're struggling out there and you need to talk to somebody and if you don't want to dial the 988, head over to ObjectiveZero.org and check those folks out. They have a Pathfinder standing by 24-7 willing to chat with you about anything. So if you need an ear or, or somebody to, to talk to, head over there and there's somebody. And you can search by, you know, sex, by MOS, by, you know, branch of service. Tons of options out there, folks. There's always somebody willing to listen to you. Absolutely. And again, don't forget at the DV Radio store on DVRadio.net until November 19th. I almost said 18th because I was looking at the wrong calendar. You can get 20% <laughs> off everything at the DV Radio store. Just click redeem. That's tomorrow, Sunday, November 19th. And it's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday.
DVRadioStore.net. Click on the redeem button under the DV Radio Store. For our guest, John Buzzard, thank you so much for coming on and opening up your life story. And Wardog, Recoil, and Oink, I'm Bonerwood. You just heard Barracks Harbor right here on WDRDVRadio.net. Until next week, fucksicles, happy Thanksgiving, and bye-bye. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter.